This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. Uh, we're in the Blitz 1170 studios, which are also known as the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studios. Scott File along with Rick Corey. We welcome the guy who's never interrupted a liner, John Walker from the Stillwater News Press. He is our Oklahoma State Insider. And this morning, the Oklahoma State Insider is looking back at a loss to Iowa State. And you can look at this two ways. It's a really good Iowa State defense, and you scored 27. But it's not been a great Iowa State offense, and you allowed 34. How do you summarize that game today? Yeah, I I, I really think you know that's kind of it. I had somebody you know kind of tweet at me. Um, I, I think it was yesterday, and say you know John, I think that the I think that having one guy under center, and we'll dive into that. I'm sure here in you know a couple of moments, having one guy under center for the whole game seemed to make the offense look better. Um, and then that person also went on to say, like, I really think, you know, the defense kind of struggled. And I was like, yeah, you know, that was kind of my exact thought leaving Jack Tri Stadium on Saturday is, is sure, you know, people will look at the 27 and be like, man, we've scored 27 in three of our four games this year. But, but I can tell you confidently that, that putting up 27 on Iowa State is a heck of a lot different than putting up 27 on on Central Arkansas, and and, and certainly a lot different than putting up 27 on Arizona State. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, yeah, really, you know, positive. And I don't want to pump sunshine after a loss, you know. know, But but it's positive that they were able to put up 27 on on this, you know, Iowa State defense. Um, Statistically, you know, I think they entered in total defense, like number nine in the country or something like that. Um, so, you know, all things considered, uh, a pretty good effort. But, yeah, uh, 30, 34 points to given up to a team that scored seven the week prior against Ohio. Not Ohio State, just Ohio. Um, you know, probably probably less than ideal. That's kind of what we're thinking. I mean, you look at the number of points scored in the last 10 games. Oklahoma State, 19.4. Iowa, 20.6. And that Iowa team has been known for bad offense. Mm-hmm. Is it is it simple enough to say that it's just the loss of a, of a senior quarterback? Although he was there last year, but late in the year we know he was injured and they had, you know, they had a lot of issues. Is it as simple as saying Spencer Sanders? It's got to go further than that, doesn't it? For Oklahoma State? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I, at this point, yeah. Um, I, Mike said that he thought they rushed the ball better um, on Saturday, and Mike Gundy, that is. And, and I'm, I haven't gone back to do a second watch through of that game yet. But if you take away Ollie Gordon's seventy-one yarder in the first half, you know what would the run game have looked like? It, I, I think just spitballing here, it would have looked like numbers-wise, more of the same from the first three weeks. Um, so, you know, that was that was interesting. Um, but, yeah, I, I think somebody used the term, you know, the, in the press conference that, that Allen was, quote, running for his life. Um, you know, that wouldn't have changed if it was Spencer Sanders, right? <laughs> and, and that obviously has nothing to do with the quarterback if he's – running for his life. Well, it's not nothing, but, but um, you know, you know what I mean. Yeah, so, and Coach, yeah, now, it, it, now Coach Gundy said he thought that the offensive line played a lot better the other day. Do you agree? Yeah, I, I do think they played better, all things considered. You know, again, really the strength of Iowa State's defense this year is that secondary. 
Um, and then although personnel-wise their front seven doesn't have, you know, a Will McDonald, um, John Heacock is going to scheme them into the backfield, right? I mean, like, that's just a given. Um, so, you know, you all things considered, I thought the offensive line was better. It seemed like on drop back in, in passing situations that Allen had more time than, than what we've previously seen in most instances. Um, but still, again, you know, I think back to the, to the run game. Um, what would it have been without Ali? And that's obviously not to take anything away from Ali Gordon. But, you know, he had to, he had to like, if I remember that play correctly, he was like caught up in a scrum at the line of scrimmage and ended up bouncing it outside. Um, so, you know, it's not like the offensive line blew a, blew a hole through the middle of Iowa State's defense and, you know, Ali, they're, you know, Ali, Ali, Austin free. You know, it, it was you no know, him him being a really talented running back and, and making a play happen down the sideline. But you know, what what would the what would the numbers have been without that? Right. Is it, kind of what uh what, what I've had in mind since Saturday. Eight forty on the Blitz eleven seventy. Talking with John Walker, Stillwater News Press. He's our Oklahoma State insider here on this Monday drive to work. Scott, after the game, you know, listening to Mike Gundy in the post game, there was no panic, no worry. At least he didn't show it after the game uh we're not going to get to hear from him this week no no press conference because of the bye week do you behind the scenes do you, is there really that um you know lack of sense of urgency or is it really is it start, time to start panicking behind the scenes um i'm not man i it's it's so tough um i wish they played this week because i think you you can obviously tell a, a lot about a team by how they bounce back um, we found out, like, like I said, we, we found out that they're better in some areas like in Ames. Um, they bounce back in some ways in Ames, you know, comparative to the, the 33 to seven loss to South Alabama. But, you know, some things were, were kind of the same that we've seen through the first three weeks. Um, didn't have Lyric Rawls for an undisclosed reason. He didn't make the trip. Um, so, you know, that obviously had a, a, a big part and, Kind of, kind of some of the missed coverages or, or busted coverages in the secondary, um, but that's probably the biggest concern now. I think overall, maybe, maybe not the panic button yet, um, but, but I think my hand would certainly be, you know, hovering over it pretty, pretty darn close, um, because I, I, I'm not sure how this team would respond if they have two weeks to prepare for K State and, and drop that one at home again. At the at the same time, you know, defensively, giving up to me that's the bigger issue. Yeah. Offensively, you can struggle against an Ohio State team that's pretty good. But what what he and coach said, we dropped a couple of coverages. Well, both those go for scores. So you know, if if that doesn't happen, you're still in the twenty point range. But then you'd win that game. So defensively, is it that close? Is it as close as just a couple of uh, busted coverages here and there from this team being really good on defense? Um, I, I think, I think they've got some other issues. I think South Alabama showed that. Um, but I, I really, I really think the blown coverages has been, you know, what's gotten them so far this year. Those are the growing pains that I'm sure, you know, you kind of expect with, with Brian Nardo. Um, I asked Corey Black that after the game, actually, I said, Corey, did you, are these like kind of some of the growing pains that you guys had talked about throughout the off season, you know, trying to kind of implementing an entirely new scheme. 
first-year defensive coordinator. He's like, no, like, we didn't, you know, we, we want to be the best versions of ourselves. And, like, yes, that's true. But I, I think, you know, and not to make excuses for them, I think we'd be foolish to believe that there's no growing pains switching to an entirely new scheme, oh, yeah. right? And, and so that, you know, we've seen the result. Um, again, Lyric Rawls didn't make the trip. Cam Epps gets a, a young guy, gets a start. Um, and it's a, it's a copycat league, right? Some of the plays that South Alabama scored on are some of the exact same plays that Iowa State scored on, um, or, or concept-wise anyways, to, to kind of get some of those mismatches and whatnot. Um, so, yeah, I, I just – man, yeah, it, it was brutal defensively. Um, I think they're better – than probably what they showed Saturday and, and the busted coverages had a lot to do with that. But, but also credit to credit to Rocco Beck, man, uh, kid can spin it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. There's no doubt. And you know, that team, despite the fact they have their issues and their gambling issues, uh, they still are coached by Matt Campbell and he didn't get stupid. Yeah. So they'll always be in a game. So at this point in the season, is this Oklahoma state team better than you thought they'd be worse than you thought they'd be or about where you thought they'd be? Um, about where I thought they'd be. Um, I think I, I think I was on a podcast during like early August and I personally had this team finishing eight and four. Um, South Alabama was one of the losses I, I had. I did not have the Iowa state loss. I considered it just because of weird things happen in Ames and we didn't know what this team was going to look like yet. But, you know, I, I think this team's probably about on par with, with where I thought. Um, now, pretty pretty brutal stretch coming up, right? Mm-hmm. Again, you'll have two weeks to prepare for K-State. You'll get them on a, on a high school football Friday in Stillwater. And then you play a, a Kansas team the week after in Boone Pickens Stadium. That, it was really you know, good this pretty, week. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty hot right now. Um, and so I think I think the next, you know, I guess the the buy factored into that. I guess the next three weeks will be pretty telling um, because if they lose, you know, if they if they come out and lose to K State after everything that happened in Manhattan last year, I, I I'm not sure how you bounce back from three straight losses. You're only two wins going into week six, week seven. I can't remember being. Um, uh, being you know Central Arkansas and in Arizona State and then three straight losses that'd be that'd be pretty tough to bounce back from. You mentioned the next game they're coming they have the bye week this week then the next game Friday night in Stillwater against Kansas State. What do you think the mood is going to be like heading into that one? You know, nervous anticipation, excitement, um, you know, maybe a little bit of dread. <laughs> uh, what what do you think is going to be the you know the mood going into that one next week? I, I think they'll probably be level-headed, right? Or, or at least that's what it'll seem to all of us. You know, oh, we put we put Ames behind us. You know, we're we're just we're focused. We're fixing some of the, you know, to steal a page out of their book. We're fixing some of the not major problems, um, and and you know we'll be ready to go for K State. But I hope for their sake that they're a little vengeful. Um, I I just think this team needs to play disciplined of course but but angry you know specifically for this k-state game you've lost back-to-back heading into a bye week you've had longer than usual to sit and stew in back-to-back losses um and and then 
everything again that happened in Manhattan last year. Uh, Score-wise, one of the you know one of the worst losses or, or the worst loss of the of the Gundy era, you know, since 2005. And K State, you know, kind of for lack of a better term, embarrassed them in Manhattan last year. And and so I hope you know for for OSU's sake that they come out you know a little a little juiced for this, a, a little vengeful. Um, for that reason, and then of course, knowing that that they their backs are are kind of against the wall, even though it's week five. I, I know that kind of sounds crazy to say, right? But um, again, I'm I'm not sure how this team would would bounce back from three straight losses and then hosting a pretty salty Kansas team right after that. Yeah, it's not. It doesn't get uh, easier necessarily here in the Big Twelve no. as we march forward. But there is time, and you just never know. Were you last thing? Were you surprised Bowman went the whole way? Yeah, yeah, I, I thought um, I I personally thought um, that when they eventually decided on one, it was going to be Garrett or Gunner. A large part of that had to do with what we saw from Allen um, during that South Alabama game. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we know that the game could have been significantly different. Well, I guess we don't know, but but the game you know could have started significantly different if if. You know, Jaden Braid had caught the walk-in touchdown. Um, and so, you know, would Allen have had a little bit of momentum? Would he have looked better the rest of his, you know, three drives? Um, instead, his day that Saturday in Boone Pickens Stadium, you know, he ended up kind of getting booed off the field in a way. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, there's there's no way, right? And and then, you know, he's the, he's the starter. I did think it was probably the the best way to go because you talk about a guy who was at Texas Tech, a guy who, you know, Michigan kind of has a target on their backs every single year in the Big Ten. Um, So he's, you know, every environment that he stepped into was was the other team's best shot, was the other team's Super Bowl in most instances. And so I I figured, you know, it'd be a good idea for him to to start um, because he could handle some of those early jitters with, with a ruckus environment in Ames, but I, I wasn't sure if he'd go the whole way. Um, but, you know, I, I think we saw some of the benefits of having, you know, one quarterback go the whole way. They started to have a connection in some instances. Um, you know, Casey Dunn can, can get in a rhythm calling the plays for one quarterback, knowing that, oh, hey, you know, what Allen did in the first quarter, we got a read on this. He was able to make that throw. We're going to come back to it in the third. Instead of saying, okay, Allen made that throw in the first quarter. Are we sure, you know, Garrett or Gunner can make the same throw in the third whenever it's whose turn, you know? So I think we saw some of the benefits of having one guy. Um, the big thing with him is going to stick out is his, you know, he completed less than 50% of his passes. I think 48 to be exact. He was mm-hmm. 23 of 48 for what, two, 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 something and two touchdowns, two picks. Um, but a lot of those incompletions, and again, I'm not making excuses. I'm just, you know, kind of calling it how I see it. A lot of those incompletions were, man, I'm pressured. I'm going to throw it away, man. There's no receiver open. I'm going to throw it away. You know, Oh, we were running a screen that blew up. I'll throw it in the dirt. So, you know, I, I, again, on my second watch through probably, probably here today, um, I'll, I'll certainly address the run game and and what it would have been without that Ollie Gordon run. And then I'm also going to look and see, you know, how many logical throwaways Alan Bowman actually had, um, because that'll obviously impact his stat line as well. 
Yeah. Well, we live in interesting times. There's no question about I'm that. I'm telling you. And, and hopefully the uh, bye week will get Oklahoma State a little healthy and they can hit a roll. John, thanks for being with us. We appreciate it. And we'll visit with you about how the bye week goes next week. All righty. Thanks, guys. I'll talk to you then. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.